Welcome to another episode of the Dogtown Podcast. My name is Tito. My name is Robbie. And we are on episode nine. Yes. Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Almost made it. Yeah. Um, so Dogtown Podcast is um, a podcast where Robbie and I um, discuss different topics when it comes to creativity. Um, we usually have different ideas or different um, themes that we discuss on each episode. Yeah. So for this episode, I want to talk about equipment. Oh, okay. So cool. I, I titled this discussion, The Gearhead. Okay, cool. Because this is just something that I would love to discuss with you, the, the pros and cons of gear. Yes. Um, because I, I like gear. Mm-hmm. And equipment, I like talking shop. Mm-hmm. Whenever bands come in, when we do the Dogtown sessions, it's always fun to see what people are working with. Yeah, that's it, always a cool part of it. Yeah, it's always so cool to see the different pieces of equipment that people use. And yeah. it can be like the most like intense. Mm-hmm. Like Pink Sky has amazing equipment yes. that like I look at it and I'm just like, what is all of this? Right, yeah. Um. But then you also have like setups like Jess Kramer, mm-hmm. where uh, some of her gear she got from Craigslist and she puts together and it's like pretty much all analog routed. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. But and it's all old kind of vintage stuff. Yeah. I saw this thing of uh, that Jess Kramer put it up a picture of uh, she has like backups of her old uh, keyboards because she's like, whenever I find one. I have to buy it because I don't yeah. know when mine will break. That's so she has like like three different old Casio like model, whatever yeah. model she uses. She wow. has three of those and like two of these other like weird vintage thing that you would find yeah. at Goodwill or whatever. Right. But that specific keyboard works for her setup. Yeah. So she just has to have the backup. Yeah, totally. Because you can't just get it on Amazon or anything. It's like from the 1980s or something. That's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a different range of equipment, mm-hmm. right? And like... I, I wouldn't, the thing is like, it's funny cause I went to school for audio production. Like I, I went to full sale, which is a school in Orlando and I got to learn a lot of the techniques and production type basics yeah. on huge consoles. Yeah. Like SSL consoles, like different preamps that are, oh wow you know, engineered by this guy named Rupert Neve. I've heard of this guy. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I, I, at Full Sail, this guy came into town to mm-hmm. do like a keynote. So okay. this guy's name is Rupert Neve. He's, oh, he, he actually, he, he was came. the guy? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he did a talk at Full Sail. And so Rupert Neve is this famous, basically, engineer type. Mm-hmm. He's basically a scientist. Yeah, he's not even like a music yeah, it's, it's person. A different level. He's a scientist yeah. who developed one of the cleanest preamps. Yeah, that's like really well sought after. And a preamp is like, what is a preamp? Yeah, a preamp pre- is like if. Oh man, we're gonna get technical here. I don't. I don't even know what it. Like it, I know what it is. But so a right microphone, now. like a basic microphone, needs some type of more uh, juice. Uh If you will. So if you were using like a regular SM58 microphone, which is Mm -hmm. like the most standard microphone out there. Yeah. It's level like when you're speaking into it. Yeah. It's not enough for a mixing board to 
get enough juice into yeah. to get signal. So okay. a preamp boosts that up. Cool. It's a little technical, but yeah. But just um, for people who are like, okay, I don't know what they're talking about already. I want to like not lose them yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But okay. the preamp he he designed, maybe yeah. engineered this thing, and it's funny because like when he was doing the keynote, he was talking crazy science stuff like really different octaves and frequencies and hertz and like the way he developed no like it was just too much for me okay wow but the people at my school was geeking out really right wow so as far as being a gearhead for me coming from a school like that Mm mm-hmm I, I'm not really overly a gearhead. You were kind of the, a little bit of an outlier in that sense. That, right. That wasn't your, that yeah. wasn't your animating like, force. <laughs> like I said, I enjoy talking to the bands and the musicians about gear. Mm-hmm. I have a good understanding of it. Yeah. But when it comes down to like the nitty gritty and like yeah. the different details, I'm not super. That's not your passion. Right. Yeah. What about you? Are you... I, I would like, say what would you similarly, I, I would say similarly, I maybe I, I think I maybe even came from a more primitive kind of yeah. background. I'm getting more, I'm like having this transition to like, it's okay to spend money, right. <laughs> like gear matters and yeah. it is important. Yeah. And I think that I kind of came from this thought pattern of that. You don't like, I don't, it's, it's kind of like a mixture of like, the like punk world where it's like you don't spend money on anything you yeah. always have to just like dumpster dive it yeah. or whatever right right and it's like and it's this kind of like anti-consumerist thing where it's like anything that is advertised or sold to you is always like bad and it's like and there's whatever there's like some good anti-consumerist like ethos to be had there but it's not yeah. i i had to it, it has been a journey to be like oh okay i I can invest in a good amp and it will be awesome. Yeah. And it will be like, it's not a bad thing to do and it's not a bad thing to invest in like yeah. cool pedals. And these things can actually like help you make cooler music. And it's like, I, I think that the mixture of like, like activism anarchy world that I came from and like Jack white, like vintage, mm-hmm. like music. Like, yeah. Like that, those things kind of like gave me this sense of like, don't buy anything especially not new stuff right and um but i'm i'm kind of swinging around to be like new stuff can be cool old yeah. stuff can be cool like stuff like there's there's both sides of it there's like yeah sometimes like the new like a new camera is like life-changing and it allows you to do all of this new stuff yeah and sometimes there's a camera that's like just too fancy and like you will make a lot better stuff if you have a, a yeah a less fancy camera yes okay i'm so glad you kind of just said all that because that's kind of what I want to, kind of what I want to touch on. Wow, that's yeah. really kind of what I want to touch on. <laughs> um, because I like that balance, the mm-hmm. dance between like understanding that gear is useful. Mm-hmm. And I know that like the the higher quality gear gets you to certain, mm-hmm. to certain paths when it comes to creativity. Mm-hmm. But then there's also another camp of, do you really need it? Mm-hmm. Like there's a balance there. Yeah. And that's that's what I w- am interested in because sometimes we can get too much on one end or the other. Yes, and and it, you lose definitely the the art part of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess how I want to start is when I was thinking of talking about this, I was like 
what did I start recording on? Oh, okay. And I, I remember this. I know you? the answer. What What do you think I, my answer is? Is it that thing that you had in ninth and when, when we were in like 10th grade? Not even. Oh, okay. What was it? Okay. So how I started recording, I don't remember exactly when, probably early high school when I started recording like my saxophone. Oh, okay. Oh man. You should see my first album cover, dude. Oh, really? It was like just like my saxophone, like looking super serious, like smooth jazz really? artist had my name in like uh, i think i've seen it. microsoft word like clip i think art. i've seen this yeah <laughs> yeah I, it might have been like laying around your house or something right I've, it sounds familiar oh, yeah, when you're yeah. describing it so my very first like recording was mm. with my saxophone so i used to play saxophone so yeah. i would find backing tracks from like these music books mm-hmm. and then i would record saxophone to it how i started was with a webcam mic Oh, really? So this webcam mic was like this little piece of like oval. Yeah. Kind of oh, thing, my gosh. I know what you're talking about. Right. And it like you could hold it and then like there's a little clip on the computer uh-huh. that you can clip it on. But the problem <laughs> is that when you're wailing on the saxophone, yeah. it's like way too much. Oh, like really? it just clips like crazy. And it makes it really distorted. Yeah. So yeah. you know what I did? What? I put a sock on it. Nice. So I put a sock on it. Did it work? No. <laughs> it didn't work because it was still too like my saxophone was too loud. Yeah. So what you know what I what else I did? What? There was a drawer like a dresser uh-huh. in the in the, in my parents' office. Yeah. Where I would record, I would stick the microphone that has the sock on it uh-huh. in the dresser. Oh really? That way, it didn't pick up direct like yeah. air disturbance for that webcam mic. Yeah, and I would record my saxophone like that. Did it work? It worked. Oh wow! I mean, I don't know. I gotta listen to yeah. it <laughs> now. But at the time, you're like, "This is this works. This is cool. it worked." Yeah, yeah. For what I was doing, I mean, I freaking burned CDs and yeah. was like, "Check out my smooth jazz album." Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. and it's it's really funny when you think about when. When you're just at that age and you're just learning and the excitement that comes from actually being able to say, I recorded something. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. With the gear that I had. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably felt the same way like I do now with more gear. Yeah. And it. it yeah, it's the same feeling. <laughs> right. More expensive so it's like, version of it. <laughs> like, what is that? What, where did Where did we like get to a point where it's like sometimes... I won't record because I don't have specific gear mm-hmm. or like, I, I feel like I start making excuses about like, yeah. Oh, I don't have a good enough sounding electric guitar, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Do you remember kind of your first experience with recording? Mm. Do you have any like <laughs> I th- I, yeah. budget recording? <laughs> no, I, my first ones were with you. My first, I think experiences recording okay. were with you. Yeah. I, that I'm little audio recording board? Yeah, that one yeah. that you used to have. I there's a so before that when I was in a band in junior high I had a Talkboy. <laughs> a Talkboy FX, you know, like uh Whoa. from uh Home Alone. Okay. Do you know like that? Is it like a Walkman? Yeah, it's like a Walkman that you okay. can like record something on. And so we would like um we would re- like put that in the middle of our practice space and like record us playing like book street bop or something. Nice. <laughs> and it, yeah. And so I still have a tape from that and it was really cool. Um, but 
yes. But then I think the next thing that I ever recorded after that was at your house. Yeah. Um, and that little like recording, like, I don't oh know. yeah. I mean, that was even more like, this is even getting more advanced, like for for my setup. Yeah. Where, so I had a saxophone teacher. I went to uh, that I studied under at Herder's Music. Do you remember Herder's Music? Oh my gosh! Yeah. It was this wow. music Good shop time. that did lessons. So my saxophone instructor, for some reason, was also interested in recording, and he told me about like the sale for this one little like standalone recording console. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Yamaha AW16. I actually Googled it. I'm like, what was that again? Oh, really? Wow. And it's this standalone DAW, which stands for Digital Audio Workstation. Uh-huh. It had a number of XLRs, and it actually had the faders on it. Yeah. Oh, man. When I convinced my mom to get that for me. Really? That's I, awesome. I felt like a real deal producer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's had, real. It had yeah. the faders and everything. Yeah, it has faders. Yeah. I didn't have actual like speakers, so I like whatever house like home theater speakers I had, I just hooked it up to that. Oh like, really? Yeah, it was nice. just you just tried to f- I felt That's cool. I felt legit. That is cool. Like looking back on it, that's like yeah. as legit as it gets. And it's really sad because um I had to throw it away because it just stopped working. Really? I pulled the hard drive. And so you have the hard drive, but just no... I have no idea how it... Con- it's because it's a specific type of hard drive. It's not like some kind of external hard drive. What if we bought the, that, that, the AW, whatever you called it? What if we bought the if same we model? we got it and like replaced it? And replaced the hard drive. I don't drive, know, do I don't know if that one? hard drive kept... It, yeah yeah if it's if the data stayed in there because i remember the oh lot my of gosh. stupid we stuff would we recorded some, on that yeah <laughs> and that's where the childhood like feeling of recording and like making yes. music that's what we're all chasing is just like, that, like yeah. pure yeah fun we recorded yep. with our friends making rap songs yeah freestyling yes making no. beats like yeah totally yeah that's is real like that is what you know what i mean that's what you're chasing like yeah. And it's like at the time you're like, oh, this is just stupid. This isn't real. Like, yeah. this isn't, it, this would be real if I was like in a real studio. But it's like now that we're older and it's like we mm-hmm. have like, like the kind of stuff that we dreamed of back then. Yeah. And now we've like gone into like actual recording studios and like yeah. to see, you know, we've like worked with this equipment that's like, oh, this, this costs a thousand, thousand dollars or whatever. And, um, and it's like you just realize that it's like, it's all just trying to get back to that yeah that feeling of like yeah. yeah i'm making something and it's great and i'm really proud of it and it's like right you know i mean around that time i remember when i finally got that that piece of gear mm-hmm. which was like you know it it definitely was a step up from the webcam mic yeah totally so there are times where it 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 like helps mm-hmm. but like compared to that compared to like the gear that we all work with now. Yeah. There's no correlation with the amount of songs I put out mm-hmm. depending on whatever gear I have. It's yeah. like I put out just as much songs back in high school. It might not have been good. But they were songs. And it was yeah. like you were the amount of hours of your life that were spent in this like flow state of like, I'm recording something. I'm doing something that I'm focused on. Yeah. I'm doing something that I care about and that I'm yeah. like like the amount of hours that, that you spend in that state was like Yeah the same or yeah like i more, would just record know? into this little board i had this toy drum machine yeah that i would just play live like a, it was like drum pad yeah triggers yeah 
I remember it. It had these the circle ones. The circles. I remember yeah. playing it with drumsticks. And it's yeah. funny because I would be listening on headphones, right? Mm-hmm. And then it would be like 2 a.m. And to anybody from the outside, all they would hear is... Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah like i don't know how my parents did it yeah like right i would record oh my god i recorded this amazing album it, you know like yeah called the way i see the it. way i see it <laughs> yeah i yeah. have the yeah that is an amazing album <laughs> i have the i have yeah. the album it's on my ipod I don't know. hey this is another podcast maybe but i really like that album yeah i <laughs> there's I some read. there's some songs that are like really i should yeah yeah, I, sometimes I play some of the old songs, that, but I don't remember any of the lyrics. Because mm-hmm. I remember one song that you really like. I'm like, I need to relearn that again yeah. for Robbie. Yeah, that it's song like, is awesome. Yeah. Um, what was that song called? The uh, um, If My Dreams. Yes, that, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. Find a Way Through, maybe? No, it's not called that. Um, I, yeah. I don't know what the title is, but. Yeah. I don't know. But like, thinking about those memories made me think about. Okay, it was definitely the right step to get, put the money towards that mm-hmm. piece of gear. Yeah. And then the other thing that kind of made me go, this would be interesting to talk about, especially now that you, the way you opened our conversation with like mm-hmm. feeling like it is an important step. Mm-hmm. And then with my question of, is it, mm-hmm. is I remember a video by Paolo Notini. Oh, okay. Named uh, Pencil Full of Lead. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. When we first watched this video. Yes. So Paolo Nettini. Oh my gosh. Yes. Is a a singer songwriter. Incredible. Yeah. He was super popular when I was in high school. I loved his albums. Mm -hmm. And he had this video where he was performing kind of, kind of like Dogtown sessions. Yeah. It was like a Dogtown session. Yeah. Um, of this song called Pencil Full of Lead. This was like probably one of our earliest inspirations for like oh, I'm sure. what we ended up doing. I bet know? subliminally it was like, oh, Dogtown Sessions. That's where it was born right yeah, there. Like, yeah, that's totally. Yeah. Keep going. Um, so when we first watched it, like Robbie and I, just our friends. Yeah. We were so pumped about it. Yeah. And we were like, this is the best thing in yes. the world. Yeah. Like, it seemed like it was 4K. Yes, seriously. <laughs> it was like, this is a professional. In, in by sense of quality. but And this was 2008. It was probably 2009, 2009, 2010 that we were watching yeah. this, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And so I think, was it this year when we rewatched it? I think so. Yeah. So we rewatched it. Still sounds amazing. But the video looked like it was recorded with a potato. Yes. It's like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's the same YouTube It's video. the same one. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, but now it's like, it's like 360p or something. Yeah. Or like 200p or something. Yeah. It's like and, really low. Right. But at the time we're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that kind of blows my mind where it's like, okay, I know like times are changing and like quality is getting higher. But how come back then when we were just just as psych- psyched about it mm-hmm. and then now it's like wait those were the same yeah those that's the same file i'm yeah. sure there's a higher quality out there but i'm pretty sure that that, that youtube that we link were, yeah. is the same file that we like watched years ago years and years ago and yeah. still gives that same effect but like lower quality mm-hmm. in today's standards totally it was just really interesting yeah to think about um yeah so like 
what do you think would be some pros and cons when it comes to becoming like a gearhead okay and being involved with like your craft mm-hmm. in kind of curating what your gear is for your sound mm-hmm. you know like obviously for pro it would be like quality mm-hmm. i mean just right off the bat things sound better when you invest in like yeah better yeah. equipment uh-huh um but yeah it's a it is definitely like a i don't know this is definitely something worth talking about because it's not as easy as like you buy something better and it sounds better. A mm-hmm. lot of times that can be like translated to you buy something better and it sounds more, um, ununique <laughs> and more, um, sterile and more the way that you've heard it before. Mm. Um, in a lot of times. Um, so, but it doesn't always sound, you know, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can be, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause there's times where you, where you can get, this gear and it's you can get all the like stuff that you're like supposed to get and then once you have all that stuff that's like you end up sounding like every other person who's bought who has the money to buy that stuff right you know what i mean true yeah um yeah because i think about so i have a couple condenser microphones mm -hmm. that i got from high school that i still use i use it for my podcast that i do with my wife it's just kind of like my go-to yeah. microphone. It's like MXL 990 or something like that. Yeah. And I got it for like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's a condenser mic. It sounds good as mm-hmm. long as you EQ it. Yeah. And I remember at one point I had I got this tube uh, microphone. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have it anymore because it broke. Yeah. But I remember it's definitely more expensive than the $50 one. And it, it was like... Right when I plugged it in, I could tell it sounded different. Yeah. And that's great Mm -hmm. because at the time I had the means to like afford it or whatever. Yeah. But now that like I might not want to put money towards that right now, these $50 ones, I can get it there. Yeah. But it might take more work. So Mm -hmm. it all depends kind of what you're looking for, how much time you have. Like, yeah, maybe it's just about your means, right? I mean, yeah. And it's so weird because there's different times and different things that I've bought where, where I will buy something and I'm, and I look back and I'm like, that was was like, that was stupid or just made it, didn't make it sound better. Just made it sound more sterile or like, like things that I look back on like that. And Mm -hmm. then there's other things that I look back on and I'm like, I cannot believe I waited so long to buy this thing because it made a huge difference. Yeah. And, um, do you have an example of that? Okay, yeah, I, I do. So one was uh, was these uh, these speakers, these monitor speakers, yes. these these KRK mm-hmm. Rocket, um, and like you know, we were trying to mix on on these other like yeah. these kind of like vintage, which worked like, fine. It's just but it, it worked. It had a, I thought it worked fine at the time, right? And I thought, it makes and it, it, yeah. But it was like I it, when I had these different monitors, it's it seemed like a like a bougie, like a really like. I don't know. Before I got you struggled them, it with like, it at first. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like oh, like you don't need those fancy monitors. Mm-hmm. It's like, but when you got it, it's like oh, this is different ball game. Yeah, this is like mix. Totally. Like mixing is a different ball game. Yeah. It's like I I get it now yeah. in a much different way. Yeah, and I do not regret a single penny that I spent yeah. on good monitors. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and like I'm sure there's like if you're a recording uh person, if you're recording your own stuff, mm-hmm. there's probably an essentials list mm-hmm. of like what you 
probably should have depending on whatever budget range you have yeah you know definitely like a nice set of reference monitors yeah is one of them yeah because i have mine and I, I actually got it as a high school graduation present for myself. Oh, nice. I got it on like Black Friday or something. Some oh, sweet. Good deal. But it's funny because, and this is where the cons for me are is, so I have these monitor references, mm-hmm. a reference monitor, sorry. And I use it for years. I mean, this was back in high school. So it was over 10 years now. I still have the same ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. But there was a period maybe years ago, like five, six years ago, where I was convinced that I needed new ones. Really? Huh. And I know that there's better ones out there. Mm-hmm. But why did I need new ones? Yeah. When I knew I couldn't afford it. Yeah. So I had this weird mentality of just like, well, it's old. Yeah. And and I got to a point where it's like, I know how my monitors sound. Yeah. I know how, you know, because each monitor has different frequency responses. So based on how you mix yeah. will determine how it translates to like mm-hmm. all audio systems. Yeah. Um, if you want to get technical about it, that it, when you're mixing on these types of reference monitors that Robbie's talking about that he invested in, it, it tries to represent as flat frequency response as possible. Mm-hmm. So when Robbie is mixing it at his studio, it it tries to translate the same way in your car. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're trying to do is get the most even response. Yeah. That way it sounds good in all types of audio systems. Totally, yeah. Um, so it's just like I knew how it sounded. Yeah. When you're used to your monitors, you know how to mix with it. Mm-hmm. I had this like weird need to like, Yeah. oh, I, I don't have something yeah. that's good enough. Totally. When it's doing the same work. It's, you know, this is, ex- this is actually like, I feel like we're really getting into the, like the whole, uh, crux of the issue. And I think that the, um, I'm glad you brought up this topic. Cause I think that this is like the gearhead issue is, is kind of where the overlap of like musical needs and like artistic tools overlaps with like your personal values and like understanding mm-hmm. that we're like yeah, right. living in this like capitalistic world where people are always trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. And so it's like when we're making this decision about buying a new guitar or buying a new pedal, it's, it's not, it's both of those aspects are playing into it. You know, mm-hmm. you have the aspect of like, okay, this, I want to make something different. I want to make this sound. And there's, you know, those, those things going into it. And then there's also these thoughts of like, okay, do I really need another pedal or is this just the same thing as like, you know, McDonald's trying to convince me that I need a Big Mac? Mm, Do you know what I mean? Right. And it's like... You really have to, you really have to reflect and see, do you really need that gear? Yeah. And there's, it's different than the Big Mac thing because there's times when you really do, you know? Right. There's times where it's like, okay, like I I need, but it's, I think the Big Mac and like all the advertising that it takes you to get a Big Mac and all the advertising that it takes you to get trapped in this circle of like buying and consuming. I need new shoes. I need new, you know, I need a new coat. I need to have the, Mm -hmm. you know, the nicest, you know, I need to have the status symbol, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like I don't there's a lot of like vanity in that. And I think I'm sure there's a lot of it in music too, but there's some times where it's like, yeah, like a different amp would really make a huge difference. Yeah. And it's, and it's sometimes so it, much discernment. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? And it, it, for me, you know how I am. I'm very cheap. Yeah. And the thing that I probably do need the most right now 
is upgrading my laptop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's 11 years old mm-hmm. and I've squeezed that thing to like I redlined yeah. that thing. Oh, totally. And to the point where right now it's basically unusable. I'm yeah. like uninspired to use it for yeah. a legitimate reason. It like yeah, literally totally. won't work. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it'll crash and then it'll just lose everything that I have. Totally. Um and and it's it's just a matter of I'm getting closer to that goal of when I can finally do it. Yeah. And even when I meet that goal, which I'm pretty much there. Yeah. I talk to Amanda about this all the time. There's different personal maybe psychological emotional thing yeah when it comes to purchases that's a completely different subject when it comes to this but yeah. it is connected very much um but when i finally do get it i i know that it's gonna be worth it because i'm still creating stuff mm-hmm. even with just my phone yeah totally and and like using the gear that i do have yeah and it didn't it didn't stop me from putting out yeah the albums that i have put out yeah but oh. i know it'll speed up my process once totally. i do get it because you know it just that's totally. part of getting new gear okay yeah tell me if this like resonates with you because mm-hmm. when i hear that mm-hmm. i kind of hear this other um thing that is this other line of thought that has kind of animated a lot of my decisions in the past yep. where it's i don't um i I am scared of uh, of buying into this idea that that I can't create unless I buy X piece of equipment, and that like using consumerism as a um, using consumerism as like a excuse to not create, and I, I think that that's kind of like something that I've always been afraid of getting into is like this idea of like, okay, once I get a new, once I get a new amp, then I can record. Once I get a new um, microphone, then I'll be able to record this song. Mm -hmm. Once I get a new, uh, you know, guitar, then I'll be able to play it live. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that we're both aware that this is kind of like a way that, that our um, desires can be manipulated and this like treadmill of, of consumerism, this like treadmill of like, I need this and then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I need this. And I'll be, and we both, we both have seen that and we're both very kind of like on the lookout for that to yeah. happen. And I think that we like that, like we just don't want that to happen in our creative life. And I think that that's what it sounds like when you're talking about, okay, I'm still working. I'm still making stuff yeah. even on my like not great equipment. Right. So that means that when I get the new equipment, I'll, I'll have it for the right reason. I'll be getting yeah. it for the right reasons. Yeah. I'm certainly trying to, get to a mindset where I don't think that way, where I'm, I'm not immune to, yeah, everybody wants nice gear. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants the new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's more like, okay, I understand my situation right now with this like piece of gear. Yeah. I know at some point I'm going to need it, mm-hmm. but right now the reality is I don't have it right now. Yeah. So what I have been able to shift my focus on is maybe, okay, maybe instead of like waiting for this piece of gear to actually show up so I can finally do this recording or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like, what if I work on the different little things that 
I'm really not that good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm still working on this because I'm not the best at it, but it's like different things like vocals. Yeah. Like I felt like I hid a lot because I could record it and like tweak it a little bit on, Mm -hmm. on, on like my computer or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like whenever I can sneak in time now, I actually try to sing more Mm -hmm. like at home Mm -hmm. when I'm driving in my car, I'm trying to, practice my vibrato yeah because i don't feel like my vibrato is there oh really so it's just like rather than me waiting for a piece of gear to actually improve yeah you know i don't need it right now yeah. mm-hmm. i need to work on this right now mm-hmm. and once i get there maybe i can make better stuff because i worked yeah on this kind of thing uh-huh. yeah um yeah I, I i definitely run into that kind of like fear of not having any type of like actual work because I'm too focused on the next thing on like the, the next gear yeah, on the yeah. next gear yeah totally um totally. I think I've had that a lot too yeah but yeah and 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 I think what's different with Dogtown studio sessions and it's amazing because it, it's a pretty it's it you have nice microphones hmm. but they're not like they're not like ridiculously yeah, crazy not crazy but i mean good microphone. you know the one thing that i was trying to think of was i was thinking about my microphone of like the 50 dollar microphone yeah which if you do enough work to it you can know how yeah. to tweak it if you know how it sounds you can pretty much kind of know mm-hmm. how to work with it but then, like, you have um, the fathead mic there. Yeah, the ribbon mic. It's so and you invested that money yeah. because, you know, our the studio, we're only working with eight inputs. Yeah. And the fact that that fathead ribbon mic, the way it sounds with the drum set, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people, you, you mic all of these drums. Yeah. For our sessions, like you can only do minimal drum setups. Yeah. And that microphone just makes it sound so good. Yeah. And it's like that's that was one of the other things where it's like, yeah, once you once I got that, it's like no regret at all. Yeah. This is like I can't believe I waited so long to get this and I wish I would have known that it would make that big of a difference before I got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, there's there's it's 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 this is an interesting topic because there's definitely like truths on both sides so much and it's like i didn't i you know i think i've gone hard hardcore on either side but it's like learning to like be in the middle and and have discernment for each decision and be like yeah yeah sometimes it is really important to get to get a new piece of equipment sometimes it will make a big difference and sometimes it's not and sometimes you and it's just like it's hard to to occupy that middle ground you know what i mean yeah and i'm really glad the conversation went this way because i didn't want it to be about bashing someone who has really nice gear yeah or bashing someone who doesn't have nice gear and you know like yeah i i think there's a space for all of it and i think what our conversation is or what we're trying to do is just have like you said the discernment yeah totally in order to like actually realize what type of equipment we're actually using the tools that we're using to create yeah is it actually effective Mm -hmm. for what you're doing 
So I want to close out with an example. Um, talking about the gearhead. Okay. Have you ever heard of Steve Lacey? No. Okay. No. All right. So this artist, you're going to think this is dope. Okay. Okay. So Steve Lacey is, um, he's, I think he's 20 years old now. Okay. He's a young kid. So he's a guitarist and a producer from LA, um, for a R and B and soul band called the internet. Mm. Great name. Cool. <laughs> the internet. Um, so the amazing fact about him, he has his soul. He has solo um, stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Just goes by Steve Lacey. His productions are done solely through his iPhone. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. So there is a wired.com um, article about him called the hot new hip hop producer who does everything in his iPhone. That's awesome. So this was written in 2017 when he was 18. Okay. Wow. So when this started, he was super young. Yeah. Right. And, um, along with this article also have the wired wired.com, which is a tech website, Mm -hmm. I believe there's also a video that comes with it. It's called how the internet's, Steve Lacey make makes hits with his phone. Oh, sweet. And then he also has a TED talk called The Bare Minimum. Oh, cool. I yeah. want to watch that. It's it's so cool and it's really inspiring because everything that he does for his solo projects is done through his phone. Wow. And through kind of that work that he put out and just he just made music for him mm-hmm. and like put it out there. But guess take this uh Check this. Mm-hmm. He eventually he became a producer for artists like J. Cole, oh. Goldlink, Solange Knowles, really, the late Mac Miller, wow, and then Kendrick Lamar. Jeez. So he like, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And everything is done through his phone. So, like the article goes through kind of his early music memories. So one of it was like in fifth grade. Do you remember? When people, I'm glad, I'm so glad people still do this. But do you remember when people made beats with pencils? Yeah, totally. I mean, we did that around our yes, time. Like totally. I remember during lunch, we yeah. would make those beats with the pencils. So like your two pencils uh-huh. was like the hi hat, mm-hmm. and then the, like when you slap the pencil down, it's kind of like that snare. Yeah, totally. That's how he started. Just That's like sweet. making like those beats with his friends and all that. Yeah, and then. Um, Let's see. Yeah, his kid, uh, like a bunch of cool kids, eighth graders, he says, would tell him to grab two pens and tap out beats um, while they danced. Oh, nice. And he was like, I was so honored because they were just cool kids. Nice. And he learned he learned how to use that and like make beats for everybody. Uh-huh. So he was just like on his own wave. Yeah. Like he created it like his own little world and um, just made things that were like dope. Yeah, that's sweet. So he just kept making music. He just kept making music. He met with uh, circle of musicians Mm -hmm. and he just kind of was doing his own thing. And then all of a sudden he gets nominated for a Grammy. Oh, wow. With his group. And I think that this is so crazy that like he's he's thinking like childlike. Yeah. When it comes to creating. Totally. And he doesn't let equipment restrict him. Yeah. 
I think like if you're in that, like that's what matters. It's like you can kind of have both sides of it, but as long as you're like rooted in this, in that part of it, yeah. as long as you're rooted in the part that doesn't require any equipment, yeah. like that's, that's where your roots are. And then like the equipment can help or it, yeah. you know, then you'll, yeah. then you'll know. I think then you'll have the discernment to know, is this helping or if this hurting? If you're rooted in the like, I have this dope beat that I want to make. Right. You know? Yeah. And when this article was created and I think when his project was, his early projects was put out, I think they said that he used like an iPhone six or something mm-hmm. and that he jailbroke it. Okay. And then he got this thing called an iRig. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, it. it's just kind of like an interface for your iPhone. Uh-huh. So he would hook up his guitar and he did everything through GarageBand. That's awesome. And, um, Tanner J Burns, who we recorded, he did the same thing. Really? He recorded his album through the iPhone. It's a great album. It's a great album. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool about, um, his TED Talk one, he he shows examples. He shows this the garage band session nice. through his phone. Nice. And it's it's just nuts to think about that he's working with like these caliber artists, mm-hmm. high caliber artists, yeah. like Kendrick Lamar. That's awesome. Yeah. So um I'll read a last like kind of last quote for from this article. So Steve Lacey, he he wants to remind people that the performance, the song and the feeling matter more than the gear you use to record it. Yeah. If you want to make something, Lacey tells me, grab whatever you have and just make it. If it's good, people will notice. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's like inspiring to me. Yeah. It's like that's, yeah. That Just that feeling of like just make, just let this thing that's in you come out of you and like with whatever you have around you and like... And just keep doing that. And then whatever you, you have around you will change and it might get better. It might You might sell stuff if you're like, this is useless. Right. <laughs> but it's like. Yeah. Sometimes you might have the means to like get something cool for yourself. Yeah. And then that's awesome. Yeah. Like use that and then find ways to be creative with that. Totally. Yeah. And then when you get tired of when you've used up all your options in this one mm-hmm. guitar pedal or whatever. Yeah. Then maybe start exploring something else. But like. Don't stop and until you work, squeeze every single bit of that mm-hmm. that pedal. Unless it's yeah, just not totally. working, then like it is what it is. It's yeah, part of totally. the experimentation yeah. process. Totally. Nice. But yeah, I, that's kind of what I want to land on is just more like encourage people to not let the gear be the driving factor in how they create. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we hope that you guys are encouraged by that and that you just keep creating dope work. Yes. Awesome. Okay. I love it. I'm into that. So that's another episode of the Dogtown podcast. Yes. You're going to beatbox? And I think we played out the beatbox (laughs) that we did that before. So we don't have, we never have, we never have outros. Yeah. We can end this one by, I I think I'm going to say that we have a fundraiser coming up. So we might, we might we're gonna do like the Dogtown annual fundraiser, and so we. Yeah. I don't. We talked before Tito and I talked before this podcast about maybe the next couple of weeks we'll take off of the podcast so we can work on the fundraiser stuff, getting that going. It. Yep. But um, so there might be a podcast next week or not. Uh, we'll figure it out, and yep. if it's not, they'll come back sometime. It'll be like a few weeks or something. But yeah, yeah, got work to do. So cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Bye.